All right. Season 2, Episode 8. We're actually watching a movie this week. Back to the uh, the original plan. Honestly, it's kind of it's kind of beautiful, mm. you know? We yeah, deviated yeah. a little bit for the past few weeks. Uh, we watched a bunch of like, TV episodes, short little docu-things, but yeah. now we're going back to a real movie. Kind of fun. I don't know. Back to basics. Back to the basics. When did you get your vaccine? So I got my vaccine two Saturdays ago. It was a little before I bought all those Microsoft stocks and uh, picked up my copy oh, of the Communist Manifesto. But I'm missing all of these references. <laughs> these like now there's all these great jokes online right now that people who after they get the vaccine start speaking in like binary code nice. and like yeah, yeah, are yeah. obsessed with Steve Jobs and all this shit. Really? Okay. <laughs> Yeah, man. It. Yeah, I was actually walking over here thinking about this. It's kind of funny that like the current narrative is we're supposed to like n- like don't trust the police, but trust these drug companies. <laughs> Have you ever thought about that? When you put it like that. It definitely doesn't make us look like, very good. Trust huh? these companies that have started the opioid ad- epidemic and killed way more people than COVID has. It doesn't fit but the narrative. Don't though, Zach. trust the cops. It's look, like, honestly, like. I'm trusting anyone that just gets me out of this shit. Like, call me a sheep, well, call me whatever. Saying. I mean, yeah, I got it too, so I can't really, I can't really spew any anti-vaccine stuff. Oh, dude, wait, can we talk about Johnson and Johnson? Yeah, I hear they're done. I heard yeah, they it's game over, J and J. That's good because that's the worst company of them all. Well, sure, yeah, no, definitely. because they're almost directly responsible for like most of the opioid epidemic. Like, they're the biggest prescriber of these painkillers. That's like pretty. Aren't much they next a family company? <laughs> you know what's funny though it's sad so like you know woody johnson owns the jets mm. and i met woody johnson when i was like nine years old no it was, way it was really? halloween day and i was walking with my dad on the upper west side and we walked pat and he goes i think that's woody johnson so i just ran over him and he was so nice like the what? nicest guy you'll ever meet he was with his wife and his baby and we just talked about, I was like, I was, cause you know, I'm a big Jets fan. I was like, so what do you think about Sanchez right now? What do you think about this upcoming game? And he was just like talking and talking. We had like a 10 minute conversation. That's amazing. So nice. And, uh, so it's hard for me to shit on Johnson and Johnson, but they are like a morally despicable company. Sure. That but makes he's a nice guy though. and he's run the Jets so poorly, but man, is he, was he nice that one day? <laughs> but you know, so you met him as a human Apparently we could take, he's had a like tragic life though. I don't know he had, anything like, about daughters his life. that died and stuff. I don't know. Anyway, what were you gonna say? Well, I was gonna say we could take this conversation a few different ways. Like, you know, you met a guy. He was with his family, normal guy. Mm-hmm. You had a ten minute conversation with someone worth a shit ton of money. Yeah, about you know a passionate conversation about sports. It makes you wonder, like, if you were in his shoes, if you you know were one of the Johnsons mm-hmm. in this kind of devilish company, you know, a, a name that's been smeared a lot now. Um, like, how would you, like, would you have let it get to that point? I mean, I think it becomes, it seems like, not to totally play devil's advocate, but when you get that much money involved in anything, I mean, you're going to have moral decisions. Um, so it might even be silly to even discuss it as we're not really in it. Yeah. But it makes you wonder a little bit, like, yeah, as moral as you seem like you are right now, maybe in a situation like that, you make start playing with people's lives. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's almost impossible to say because he was like born into the company too. Mm. So it's like, that's the problem with the, that like kind of line of thinking. Like if you were him, 
Because, like, if you were him, you would just be doing what he's exactly doing. Sure, you wouldn't be yourself. You know what I mean? So it's like it's a tough one to say. I don't know. I was thinking, though, it's kind of a genius company. Probably no one thinks they're that bad because they make, like, shampoo and yeah, stuff. Yeah, like baby soap. And, That's like, what, sinks. You know. So it's like they can't be that bad. Yeah. But I think they are. But anyway, yeah, so. The whole thing's crazy to me. I mean, it's really funny because. Because uh, someone died right off the vaccine. Yeah, six people Jesus. have these hor- horrible, horrible blood clots. But it, it is, you know, not not to be a douche, but it is, like, six and five million people who got the vaccine. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, but I, I'm torn on it. The scary thing is that the six, they were all like women, like, you know, 18 to 32 or something like that. Like it was, really? it was a, for sure. Like, yeah, you know, it so you hit might, a specific, you could die. what was that? Oh, <laughs> fuck you, bro. <laughs> Another example of men privilege, but it is, I don't know. It's, it, it's. It's interesting the way that they handled it because on one hand it looks good, but on the other hand, all the anti-vax moms on Facebook are celebrating right now. Yeah. Do you have any of those on your uh, your feed? Um, I could see like Long Island moms getting all over that. I, I can't. I don't know any specifically. Like, like I can't say for sure, but I do know a lot of people that would be. You know what I mean? Oh no, sure. I do know one. I know one person. Nice from the restaurant I worked at. Um. A few times, even this past winter break, when I would go to the restaurant to work on things like their Wi-Fi, I worked on an email chain for them. Twice, I was sitting at the bar with this woman, and she brought up all this shit. Mm-hmm. And I literally like clocked out early because it was only the two of us. I was sitting at the bar because the restaurant was closed, and I was just typing stuff up. And she came, and uh, she doesn't work there. She's just a customer. Yeah. And she came and came a little early and we let her start drinking and yeah, she was just like talking about, I mean, you always, you, you ever notice that the people that are like this are always nurses for some reason. They're like, well, I'm you not talking to me about this. I don't really know any nurses, so I can't really say, but that it's funny. You told me that I would have never guessed that. Well, it's, I know tons of people on long Island um, that are nurses that on the other hand, that one on one hand, they have more medical, uh, education than i do on the other hand they have literally the worst takes on anything that has anything to do with anything pretty much yeah it's shocking because i always looked at nurses as like the nicest best really oh yeah wow that's wild they always seemed like it dude like the nurses at least at my doctor's office are kind of assholes like i don't know really it it must be different in long island because like in new york they're all like well, not all, but most of them are like immigrants mm. who are just like seem to be like really thankful to have that job. Mm. But in Long Island, are they like Long Island natives? Yeah, they're Long Island women. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of them, and we have a few male nurses, and they're they're chill usually. Um, so this one was an anti-vax nurse. Anti-vax nurse. Wouldn't she be the one like giving vaccines right well, now? Well, that's the thing. But she said like she's always explaining the you know the you know the side effects the this yeah. and that my mom really early on got a vaccine cuz one of the only good things Cuomo did but honestly if you think about it actually it wasn't a very awesome thing because um he let the teachers get the vaccines first yeah. but also like we didn't know as much about the vaccines so you could almost say like cuz Cuomo usually hates teachers but it's true. if you look at it 
you could look at it like, oh, that's sick, man. Like he gave teachers first priority for this. But you could also look at it like, yeah, he used them as like guinea pigs for something that like mm. the rest of New York wasn't ready to have yet. Yeah. But anyway, I'm talking with this lady and she's like that's talking kind of about darned if you do darned if you don't yeah, of situation. No, <laughs> it really is. Yeah. I fucked him on both sides. But um, this lady was like talking about the vaccine and she said like, you know, she brought up like, oh, aren't your parents teachers like when are they getting it? I'm like, oh, my mom actually already got the first dose. And she was like, oh, she's like, you, have you not been looking at the news? People, hundreds of people are dying at this vaccine. Like you have to keep close eye on your mom hmm. trying to tell me this is like my last moments with my mom. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to go home now then. Yeah. <laughs> I clocked out and I left because I'm like, dude, I'm not sitting here at the bar with this lady while I'm typing emails to listen to her tell me that my mom's going to die for something that's FDA approved. I don't know. You don't want to get paid to listen to some some crazy nurse talking. Call me a liberal, but I was triggered. It was too much for me. Mm. I, I didn't want to listen to it anymore. And then she kept like there is, slapping on. It is a on. fine line between entertaining and really It's not entertaining in annoying. that situation to me. Yeah. It was pissing me off, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, I that it's so so close. Yeah. That's one of the things you don't really know too until you're in it. Like from the outside, you see like someone who obviously is like six sheets one way wrong <laughs> and you think like, oh, this could be fun. And it either is or it's just like frightening. <laughs> no, honestly, like the other times it was funny, mm -hmm. but just this day I just wasn't, yeah, I wasn't with it. And I don't know. I just didn't like that she was looking down at me and being like, well, I'm a nurse. So mm, my wrong yeah. Facebook information take on this is valid for that reason. Yeah, and I'm just yeah. like, are you kidding me? Like most high school girls that were in my grade ended up going to school for nursing. Really? So, yeah. A ton of them. It's really popular for some reason. I think it's because we have um, we have some colleges that are pretty big. But Sacred Heart has a pretty big nursing program um, that's decently close to us. Um, obviously Stony Brook university, yeah. uh, which is, you know, 15 minutes from my house. Probably uh, a lot of my friends go there, maybe 20, but yeah. So we, we have a lot of people that go into the medical field from my school and a lot of them end up being nurses. Um, so I'm just kind of sitting there and I'm just like, all right, you know, you're a nurse, but that doesn't mean that like what you're telling me is true. And she just kept real, she was really going heavy on it. And two, it just, I don't know. She kept bringing the Chinese into it, man. Just like such a small dick take on it. it yeah. I mean, I She's guess. Like, yeah. You know, China's making the vaccine too. So they invented the virus and then made the medicine for it. Don't nice. you think that's a little weird? And nice. I'm like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, we could go on about this all day. I mean, at that point, we might as well start talking about like Jack and the Beanstalk and like nursery rhymes and other things that... Uh, you missed me there. Did, I don't know. Just made up bullshit. Oh, just made up. Sure. Start talking about, you know, anything at that point. We could compare Sasquatch to Bigfoot at that point. My dad used to call me Zachariah Beanstalk. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, that was his nickname for me. Because you were tall or? I don't know. Maybe. He just always called me that. Let's call in. Let's get him on the phone. <laughs> Wait, now that I think about it, it's Jack and the Beanstalk. Yeah. But he would call me Zachariah Beanstalk. Oh, huh, he combined the I two. I guess he just like came up with that on his own. Wow. It's kind of nice. An OG. Man, summer's coming. Dude, summer is it? coming. So what do you got? You got um, 
You got Long Island plans, man. Just working. White boy summer. No, I'm talking like, forget work. I'm talking like, you know, what do you got schemes? You got schemes? You always got some schemes. I, well, know, I know you got schemes. I guess nothing particular. I don't know. We'll probably hang out more this summer than last summer. Yes. I mean. I would hope. Now now that I I understand the world, you know, the, the correct take on the coronavirus. Well, I don't know. I was never that scared about it. And I worked the whole Dude, time. I was actually thinking about it. I, I think I told you this, though. Like, you... I think you of literally every single person I know got through like that, like the, 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 the meat of the virus better than anyone. Like you just schemed your way. Well, I definitely schemed. Dude, it was genius. Like the things you pulled, the ways like you, you, it pretty much like you could make the argument. It affected you. Not for the better, but not for the worse. Either. No, kind of for the better in some ways. In some ways, I right? mean, this summer you're literally the only person I know, without getting into too much detail. Like, uh, I remember just thinking, man, this guy is either really smart or the luckiest person I'm lucky. on the planet. No, I wish I was. I wish I could, you know, take ownership with my intellect. But it was total. I didn't even know what I was doing. I mean. I, th- I told you a story like a million times, but when we were here on spring, br- I stayed here for spring break mm-hmm. in Miami when the whole world ended and I was naive as fuck because no one gave a shit down here. No one gives a shit about anything. And uh, this whole thing was going on and there was such a stigma around it and something people didn't even want to talk about very much. And then one day I look on my website where all my wedding gigs were posted and everything was gone. And I called my boss. I yeah. thought for sure I was like fired because these were weddings all the way till the end of August. And it was like, what, still April, I yeah. think. And uh, yeah, to my surprise, no, it was March. It was actually March. Yeah, it was like March, what was that, 15th or something? Mm-hmm. It was right It was right around your birthday. No, it was, it was, it was pretty, pretty before it. But still crazy, the whole thing. It's like a month before. And... Uh, yeah, so I was just freaking out because I thought I was fired. And he was like, you understand, everyone's canceling their weddings because of this virus. And I was like, this virus? I'm like, yeah. okay. I'm like, I knew that it didn't it didn't look great, but I don't know. So long story short, I went back home and I, I saw that there were, I didn't think that there would be gigs. So I just asked my brother if I could work at the restaurant that he... He was a busboy out at the time, and um, I used to play gigs there all the time. So I started like folding menus and delivering menus with him, mailbox yeah. to mailbox. You know, my brother and I we called the 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 Goodfellas summer because I introduced him to that movie during that time. Yeah, and we would joke around that you know we were like the kid Henry Hill. You know, we yeah. did small jobs, random yeah. jobs for this place that was completely shut down. We like delivered food. To places we were literally we were making cannolis. My brother we called him the cannoli king. This guy like really <laughs> fell in love with making cannolis, and he was so bad That's at awesome. it for so long. It started as a joke. We called him the cannoli king because he was so bad <laughs> at it. He would what we do is we take the cannoli cream and we put it into you know like the frosting. Yeah, yeah know, of course. Like, with the little tip at yeah, the end. Yeah. So he would put it into that, and then he'd start squeezing, and shit would just get everywhere. It was like nice. all over his clothes, all yeah. over the floor. We lost more cannoli cream from this fucking guy. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, and that, then he ended up actually getting decently good at it. Yeah. So yeah, we call it the good fellas, the a good fellas. generous summer. to compare making cannolis to burning cars for the mafia, sure. but sure. The, I know where you, I know the where you went The beginning of that. it, you sure, know, 
Where you see him like, you know, fucking around with newspaper yeah, shit yeah, yeah. and, and you know, running around. Yeah. He was the they were giving him the keys to I was actually know. talking to Ron about this day. I think that might be the greatest ending of any movie ever. It's definitely up there for it's me. It's gotta be like one of the greatest. Man, when he cause... when he says, and now it's all over. Every time that just like gives me chills the way he says that. No, the movie's it's just I don't know why Ray Liotta never had like a role even close to as good as that. I mean, it's, it, honestly, it's a tough role like, to follow up. Now he's doing nicotine commercials. I know, we talked about this yeah. or last season. I didn't even know about that. Yeah. But, because um, he was just like such a, like, he just had like a face like you could just watch like on the on the screen. He just looked good, you know? Like, he's not like a, like a George Clooney, like great looking mm. guy. He's just like an interesting guy to watch. Yeah. It's crazy that, I don't know. He must have had like some flops after that or something. He must have, right? Mm. I mean, I don't even know. I, yeah. I, that's like really the only role I know him in. Um, and it's just, you know, I know that he went to UM. That's true. That Those are the only things I know. But so back we, to that, what do you think? You think you're going to miss? So like you probably look at that summer like, yeah, fondly. In some ways, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I had a big falling out with my friends from high school during that time, pretty really? much, which is like whatever about. And we're, we're cooler now, but. You, you mean know, like it just kind of peered away or there was actually like a, a stink? There, there was some. It was never, you know, my friends aren't a confrontational bunch, but there was a, a vibe in the air that I was a little judged for leaving my house every day to go to work still. That's and crazy. live my life similar. That's wild. And I don't know. I, they make jokes a lot about how they think that I've changed being in Florida. Yeah. Now they're like, oh, the Florida man. And they make jokes because they're all back in New York, you know. And uh, this is a Republican area. Yeah. And obviously, like, you know, if, if they saw this campus, they wouldn't. It's a pretty non-political campus, but it's still a college yeah. campus. So it leans more liberal anyway. Sure. Especially in our music school. Um. But yeah, I don't know. These sort of things have made me really rethink politics in a lot of ways. Oh like, yeah, definitely. I I don't know what I consider myself truly anymore. I still say I'm a moderate Democrat, but I don't know. It just I don't like this sort of thing of just being like me working and making money is somehow a crime. Yeah, I couldn't agree. I di- I didn't get sick the entire time. Yeah. Um, I followed all the protocols as they came. Uh, I I mean I don't I don't know. I think. There, there was nothing else I could do. And honestly, if I didn't work, I say this all the time, if I wasn't working, it, yeah, I don't know if I'd even be here right now. I was, what do you even mean? with me working, I was in such a horrible, horrible mental state. I don't know if I would have oh, wanted yeah, to come yeah. back to school. I, I don't know what I would have wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Because the main thing of every summer, and it, it'd be a really helpful mix between school and home, is I would I'd play my sax. Yeah. And the gigs that I had, it was every week, which I was really grateful for, but it was a hundred percent me and tracks. And I know it's like, I sound like an asshole cause I had work during this time as a musician, but you play with karaoke tracks for middle-aged women enough times. It makes you rethink if you yeah. even like playing the saxophone that much. It's not why we started playing. No, it's not. Yeah. It's very much not. So, you know, I had my friends and they're judging me, but I'm just like, dude, like look what it's doing to you guys. Like, I don't yeah. want, you know, I, don't you guys wish that you had something that you could set your mind to? Like, I don't mm. know if, if the roles were reversed, I'd be happy for them. Cause I was, I was finding ways to make myself happy during this time. Yeah. Now to answer your question though, for this summer, um, 
the you know there, there's definitely more of a pressure now that things are opening back up so i'm getting calling places again to work sure i'm excited though because they're training me to be a bartender now nice so the the house That's that sweet. i'm moving into with you is going to be quite the quite the bar we just got between jose and i you gotta we got this like stand-up bar like the cart like yeah, the, yeah 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 like right below the painting this. it's pretty nice but yeah we're gonna be making hella drinks next yeah, yeah. next year but yeah, I'm I'm just so excited to be in a time where we don't fucking talk about this anymore, uh, any of this shit. But I, I know it's not going to happen for a long ass time. Well, that's the thing, and like I, I'm really sick of people saying like, like oh, I can't wait. Blah, blah. It's like you, you got to know at this point, like we're still probably a year out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it, the fact that I mean, the, like we were talking about it before, the fact that we know that you have a greater chance of getting hit by lightning than getting the virus with the vaccine. Yet everyone is still going to be wearing masks shows that it's not really about the virus. It's about like if something lasts more than a year, like human beings are creatures of habit. Yeah. So it's going to be almost impossible for a lot of people to stop. I mean, telling people to quit something they've been doing for a year is really hard. Even if they don't like it. Even if they don't like it. Exactly. I mean, kind of the obvious, the cliche of Stockholm syndrome. It's like, so I, you know, I'm not really sure, you know, how that's going to happen. I mean, the, the, the government is never going to tell us to go back to normal. People are going to just have to decide on their own. Exactly. So, you know, like I'm, I'm sure us and a lot of, Great. And like at some point it's not going to really matter because you're still going to be able to do everything you want to do. So, mm-hmm. okay. Who cares if some people are wearing masks, but it still does matter to an extent because it, it looks bad. It's a very sad thing when you can't see people smile. No, it's horrible. Yeah. So it's like, it, it's good that I think, like you said, like this summer probably be able to do anything you wanted to do of any summer. Mm-hmm. So that's good, but it's not going to be, probably for like at least another year or two, like it ever was. And then by that time, I don't know. So it's like, I mean, I would love to talk to uh, probably no one's, um, there might be a couple of people old enough to talk about like what it was like returning after the Spanish flu. Mm -hmm. But even that was a lot shorter. That only lasted like eight, nine months. Yeah. This is a fucking, and I think um, the other big element of the mask wearing specifically is, and I talked a little bit about this with Aaron, um, who we had in the podcast a few episodes ago now. Um, I was talking to him about how, because of the last you know, political administration mm-hmm. uh, and with coronavirus becoming such a political thing, not wearing a mask has kind of been almost uh, an image thing. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like with everyone else wearing masks, the one guy not wearing a mask is seen just, you know, I guess just by the political vibe right now is like ignorant. Yeah. And that is also going to really influence when people take their masks off. Because as of now, if you even if you're fully vaccinated, like 100 percent, you're good. You even had COVID before. They say if you had COVID and you have both shots, you are 100 percent immune until the antibodies wear off, which now they're saying in one of the news articles I was reading is that. Uh, the COVID vaccine might become a booster shot, like an every year thing. Yeah. Um, at least with Pfizer, which is the one I have. I don't, do you have Pfizer as well? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, 
So yeah, obviously we're the antibodies. Eventually, they're basically predicting will wear off in about a year, just like you know, like flu shots changing and stuff like that, and strains and all that. Just to be safe, they're probably will probably get a vaccine for it every year. I don't know if it'll be two doses every year, but at least a dose. Um, but even if you're a hundred percent immune, the masks are going to stay on for a lot of these people because it just looks bad to not wear a mask on while no, while not everyone is vaccinated. It just looks bad. Yeah. yeah. The optics, it's just not good. And I think that, you know, we're lucky because here they were, they've been giving out vaccines like candy Mm -hmm. in other States, not only in other States, but in other countries. I mean, you look outside the U S like in Europe, man, holy shit. Yeah. Gone are the the liberals, you know, bragging about how well they dealt with this shit in Sweden and stuff. Like outside the U.S., uh, I was talking to this person from Brazil, this musician I met online, and he was saying that um, their vaccination rate is below ten percent, like well below ten percent. Like nobody yeah. is able to get vaccines, and the reason is that they just they're not able to get enough of them. And because they expire so quick, it's just such mismanagement of giving them out. Hmm. Here, it's like they're giving them even to fucking chain CVSs, Walgreens, Costco, Publix. Uh-huh. Um, so they're, they really are. They're moving them. I saw this statistic, too. I wonder if this is accurate. Because I saw this statistic, and it was like a color chart of the whole U.S. It was something I saw on Instagram, so it probably isn't accurate, but... It, and it showed like which states have been giving out vaccines quicker than others. And it said Florida was one of the lower ones. Really? And as someone in Miami right now, as someone who is, you know, 21 years old, I'm low risk. I'm like no risk. You know, I'm low yeah. risk as fuck. Um, yeah, I'm not in any specific uh, priority groups. And I was able to get my vaccine right on the CVS website. Um, pretty, yeah, pretty effort effortlessly. So I don't know. I don't know if that's maybe just there's not enough people taking them, but they seem to villainize the local government for it. And I don't know. It was pretty easy for me. Makes you wonder if the if it's like true data that they're using for it. Yeah, I'm not really sure what any of the government could have, could be doing better. Anyone can just get one if they want. Yeah. I mean, and it's crazy. Like my dad, who's a principal, he. It was a whole process for him to get it for him and his staff. I mean, I actually got my vaccine the same week that he got his vaccine. Really? And he's been trying to get one for two months back in New York. And New York was like the highest vaccination rate, whatever. He's like, give me my fucking vaccine. My dad broke uh, Chris Cuomo's <laughs> legs to prove a point. He's like, where's the vaccine? <laughs> two fucking brats. The Cuomos. God, I hate them. Yeah, they suck. <laughs> if you guys didn't guess. So there was a big death this week. Which one? We talked about it. Bernard. Hmm? Bernie Madoff, man. Oh, yes. Yeah, there were three big deaths this week. Really? There was DMX. Yeah, I was sad. Prince Philip. And yep. um, yeah. And, and then Bernie Madoff. The whitest person, the blackest person, and the most Jewish person. <laughs> All in one week. That's crazy. Man. What's next? Like, <laughs> be careful. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> George Lopez. <laughs> oh, God. Not a single woman. Did you notice that? Breaking news no women died this week. <laughs> anyway, um, so I thought Bernie made off like one of the biggest fall from graces ever, right? 
So sure. this week's ZD's top five. Top five biggest New Yorkers fall from grace. That was really well worded. Um, the the biggest like just collapses of like New York people ever. Okay. And I think you can get these. I think so too. Um, I'm going right away with Rudy Giuliani. Wow. Is that How not did on I the not list? think of that? that is like that's a huge <laughs> Wait one. a second. You know, he was voted Time's right, best you know person what? of the year during 9-11. He was the cover Jeez. of Time magazine. Alright, I gotta change this. Alright. He's gonna take number five. Okay. Yeah. It, number five, I'll tell you number five was gonna be Alex Rodriguez. Okay. That's a great that one. That makes too. sense, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, Giuliani, yeah. Yeah, Giuliani. I rarely changed the list mid, but I don't know how I didn't think of that. Sorry. Sorry to No, no, no. That yeah, good. that was my my uh, my first thought because um, we're I'm in this documentary photography class yeah. and we watched this uh, interview with the guy who took the picture of Rudy Giuliani in the cover of Time magazine and the whole time I was thinking like holy shit yeah. I mean this is a guy that was made a fool in that Borat movie and now he's like getting sued up the wazoo for all the shit he yeah. said during the pandemic I mean this is a guy that we talked about this in the show in the past the closest New York mayor. To oh, yeah. become president. Yeah, he was by the front far. runner at the very beginning. So crazy. Um, all right. Is is it cheating to say Cuomo or he didn't make the list because it's just too obvious? Yeah, he didn't make the list just because I, I don't think he was ever that. Like, yeah, I know. You're right. He you're wasn't right. really. Uh, I guess at the beginning of the My I, thought was like the beginning of the pandemic. That's interesting. I just he was never that liked by that meant like no one I knew was ever like in love with Andrew mm. Cuomo. So I, I, yeah, I could see where that, that would, nah, he just wasn't loved enough. Sure. You know, or had, you know, something that great really. Was de Blasio ever loved? No, Cause he's he was, another one that like, no, I've only heard horrible things about. Man, I'm going straight for the politicians. Man. You are. Yeah. Are there multiple politicians the on this list? Next there's one other politician. Oh, is it Wiener? Yeah. Let's yeah, fucking yeah. go. Number three. Friend of the podcast, yeah, Anthony Weiner. Um, Dude, this should be called the Anthony Weiner season. I mean, yeah, we have like it's, it's a, lot a huge bit in the first episode, then an entire episode dedicated to wow, him. Wow, you're right, actually. Anthony Weiner show. Yeah, yeah. I um, want him on so bad. I know he would never do it, but imagine, man. We don't get crazy listeners, but imagine we just got just a chat even. pretty cool. Anthony Weiner on yeah. the podcast. Yeah, no, he's actually, sorry, he's number two. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, Beloved was about to become mayor of New York and then all fell down. So you got two and five, um, four, three, and one left. What were you saying from before? Sorry, I cut you off when you said there was another politician. Um, so you got the other politician. Now there's a, one of these guys is, is dead. There's a, one of a Beloved I'll say artist that I, of mine and a, um, and a crime kind of person. Okay. Well, Bernie Madoff isn't on the list, right? He's not on the list. list. Yeah. He would be, but because we just because mentioned we, him. Sure. Yeah. He probably would be like number three or something. Is is it Woody Allen? Yeah. Okay. Woody Allen, number three, a sad one. And maybe he shouldn't be on there just because he's kind of avoided it very well, but he's still looked down upon by most human beings. He's the movie we're watching today, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Look at that. That's yeah. I didn't even think of that. But, like, you know, he still had an amazing career long after the scandal. But 
you can't mention his name without the majority of people going, you know, ooh, I cringing, know. right? So I was actually talking with a teacher about it in, in a class the other day, and he was like, oh, Woody Allen's a genius. And I go, do you think he's, uh, do you think he's innocent? And he goes, well, I can't comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> Smart guy. I mean, personally, I really believe Woody Allen's innocent. I don't. The evidence to me doesn't make any sense, and I also think that it's really telling that all the other children – say that he's innocent and they also claim three of the pharaohs claim that mia pharaoh molested them and that she was like a compulsive liar and a horrible mother and all this stuff wow the only one is dylan pharaoh who was mia pharaoh's by only biological there's just there's so much there that it doesn't really add up the story has been changed a million times and it's it's odd to me that the whole thing lies on supposedly him visiting um, Dylan Farrow and like touching her inappropriately once is if the more you read about it, the more it just, it doesn't really add up. So, but anyway, Woody Allen number three. Okay. Hmm. Harvey Weinstein. Is he from New York? He is. The only reason I didn't put him on there is because he was so like L.A. based. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, he would be on there, but the whole thing happened in L.A., obviously. Sure. And he's like, you know, Hollywood guy. So he is from New York, but no. Huh. All right. And then we got. I'm sorry. Remind me one more time who we're working with here. We're working with one and four. One is as famous as it gets. He's dead now. And four is uh was a criminal but a really like a king of new york during his time huh yeah neither neither of these are are screaming out to me for some reason number one is like so obvious um probably i mean once you hear it he everyone he's he recent in the last couple of years became a household name before the the fall from grace he probably wasn't but he was one of the wealthiest people on the planet huh he owned the most expensive property in new york city how recently did he became uh probably like this had to be in the last two years is it is epstein yeah jeffrey Jeffrey Epstein, epstein number one i mean it he he was it, to me, it's still so interesting that we don't actually know how he was so wealthy. You know that? Yeah, I know we don't. But yeah, he owned the most expensive uh, piece of property in New York. And the reason he's number one is because he, he not it's not just that he came from nothing. Like he was from a poor Jewish family in, I think, Brooklyn. Um, but, you know, that story has been told many times. What is interesting is that he actually wasn't, this kind of, you know, hardworking guy that had great grades and then, you know, got a scholarship to Harvard. That wasn't it at all. He went to college, dropped out, and then from there just lied his way into like a million different things. Mm. So he became so wealthy, but not really, very similar to Madoff. Like Madoff was not this, he really wasn't a genius. He found this like ploy and got his friends back from Long Island and they just figured it out like, these guys weren't actually these evil geniuses. Real, I mean, they were, but they weren't. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, that was the, the 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 heaviest part of that Epstein documentary was the first hedge fund man, manager that like gave him a job. 
um, after he taught at Dalton, um, he was like, I looked at his resume and it seemed odd and I didn't quite believe all of what was there, but he had such charisma and chutzpah that I just said, you know what, we'll give him a shot. And he talks about how like every day he replays that and he feels guilty because if he hadn't have gotten that job, he wouldn't have been able to get a job in Wall Street. And then he probably would have never become this pedophile ring leader and billionaire, you know? Yeah, that's so interesting. Wow. So yeah, Epstein is like, it's he i mean like also that story would could never happen today because you can check no, things like it's that so easy uh so yeah epstein is, is number one and number four is uh was a uh i think you can get this you're saying criminal what type of criminal are we talking about here he he was a mob guy You know what? Time what? Just give it to me. Number four is John Gotti. Ah, uh, yeah. fucker. I didn't realize like how big Gotti was, but even up to the 1990s, like most of Little Italy, not most, but he had like, own, he owned like millions of properties in Little Italy. Mm-hmm. He had the social club. And then I recently realized sometime in the 80s, he beat a huge Rico case and they, there were fireworks all across Little Italy to like celebrate. Wow. Free. So... And a lot of people say, like, credit the mob really dying to the fact that Gotti was so overconfident and so, like, uh, in the news and, like, this, like, charismatic leader that when he went to jail, he his son took over and his son just couldn't do it at all. And because of that, it all went down. But Gotti was, like, the last real, like, leader of mm-hmm. any mafia, you know, and he really had like a grip on New is he, York City. Is he alive or no? I think he is. Yeah, I'm In pretty jail. sure he is. Um, jail for life type of thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, but yeah, Epstein, Weiner, Woody Allen, John Gotti, Rudy Giuliani, Italians and Jews taking the list. That's right. That's New York, baby. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So. um I guess we we could talk about the movie we're watching today, or you can. Uh, Zach recommended this watch. Have you ever seen it? No, 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 I haven't. This is like one of the few Woodman movies I haven't seen. So, um, yeah, I've only heard great things. It has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is crazy to me. It's in black and white, filmed in 1984. This is uh, Broadway Danny Rose. Uh, yeah, found, found it on... Uh, on HBO Max, so we're gonna go for it. Let's do it. Wanna just do it now? Yeah. All right. After the break, we'll be talking about this movie uh, and enjoy the music during the break. Peace.
Wow. Before we talk much about the movie, not to interrupt you right away. Uh, <laughs> Good start. Uh, someone told me, I th- I th- it might have even been Ben Taylor told me that um, you could tell if we liked or disliked a movie by the first sound that comes out of our mouth the second after wow. the break. It's probably true. Um, and I mean, that, w- that was after he watched the last episode, or was that two episodes ago when we watched the, the comedy special and we yeah. couldn't thank God for a joke? <laughs> And he said immediately he could tell we hated it. Well, this one, wow. <laughs> yes, I don't know. It might be. Uh, it might be the best movie we've seen. I'd say so. Yeah, Honestly, I I'd think say it so. Probably is, dude. I'm. I'm already gonna say I'm giving it a nine. Straight. I was up. wondering if it's in the nines or the eights. I'm how, giving it a how nine. How many Woody movies have you seen? Not met. Not almost none. I think. Yeah. The funny thing is, as great as this is, I, I will still wouldn't put it top three, Woody. Wow. Yeah. What is what is ZD's top three Woody Allen movies? Okay, Annie Hall. It's got to be number one. Number I two. I know it's your favorite. Number two, Manhattan, and then number three is where it gets tough. I think. I think I would put this. Mm, The, the the classic choice would be Hannah and her sisters, but I would actually go with Stardust Memories. I haven't seen any three of those or four of those movies. You got to see Annie Hall, man. Annie Hall is like a movie that, like, if you don't like Annie Hall, something's up. I'll watch it. It's like just the most heartwarming movie of all time. There's so many great lines. Like, it's incredible, man. That's I've always wanted to watch that with a girl because that's like just the perfect like. It's like technically, I guess it would be a rom com, mm. you know, but it's like just the greatest movie ever. But uh, yeah, probably those three. But then even like Midnight in Paris is obviously great. Um, uh, crimes and misdemeanors. I mean, the thing is, once you all of his best movies are actually very similar. Like they all have this kind of vibe. Mm. This one's actually a little goofier than most of them. It's, it's did still have goofy great. vibes. Like he's not always that like, <laughs> you know, he's not always that <laughs> neurotic per se, but um, yeah. You know what it is funny though? Like some people just don't get Woody Allen. Some people just don't really understand like what's endearing or funny about it. I remember I watched Annie Hall with Glennon and Glennon was like, I really liked the movie, but why does he act like that? Hmm. And I was like, well, I don't know. That's like the whole thing. And he was like, yeah, it's just like kind of annoying. <laughs> wow. So some people just don't dig it, which I, I guess I could understand. I can't imagine that for this movie, though. I can't imagine someone being able to watch Broadway Danny Rose yeah. and leave the movie being like, man, that was an annoying flick. I could see some people just because like. I feel like if you're from like middle America or something, like no one acts like this. Like this isn't sure. funny to them. Probably well, it's it's a caricature. That's what what it is. Yeah, it's a caricature piece. So that's why it's like you can really laugh because you know people who have elements of Danny of course, Rose's yeah. character. But like, um, because this is, I feel like this type of behavior is like frowned upon in a lot of America. Like this, like this, like humorous, like nervous, funny, like. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. But, um, yeah, I mean, Woody Allen's definitely a genius. Like, there's no doubt about it. He was the first guy to bring, like, Jewish humor to, like, all of America. And his movies were never popular, really, outside of New York and uh, Europe. 
Like if you, none of his movies ever did that well financially. Yeah. I'm curious actually what the box office on that. That's actually, I was thinking about that during the movie, uh, what the box office of this movie was. Um, because it it was, I thought it was amazing. Um, it was tough. Like with movies in black and white like that, you can't really tell what the budget of it is. Yeah. Budget eight million, box office ten million. So yeah, not like, not a huge takeaway. I'm pretty sure all of them were like that. You know, two million. What's Woody Allen's net worth? Is he like a really rich guy? I would think he is, just because I'm sure some of the movies were like Midnight in Paris was like a giant hit. Like that one was had to be a box office hit. But I, I don't know. Yeah, 140 million. That's pretty yeah, sizable. That's pretty I mean, he does he does one movie a year, no matter what. Mm-hmm. That's like been his thing forever. So he has so many movies out. But man, incredible! Incredible. Yeah, it was I mean, great. to talk about the movie, I don't know. Watch this fucking movie, man. Yeah. Watch it. And on on it's on Hulu. If you have the HBO um package but if you have hbo max watch it even though it is kind of it's lower than dvd quality did you know that element of it is kind of rough but um just definitely check it out the cut we watched um was beautiful yeah um so the shots alone like make the movie but man very inc- okay so should we talk plot at all like i don't know well it's really just a story it's a story it's like a an adventurous story. It's just a, it's the whole thing situated geniusly. Like you start off and you're at, it's some, it's a diner or something, Italian restaurant. Maybe you're basically the beginning of this movie. You're focused on seven stand up comics sitting at a table discussing this personal manager, Danny Rose, mm-hmm. um, his impact on their lives. And you know, he, he's just kind of, he's a laughable guy. He's, he's a caricature. And, you know, he's a go- he's goofy as hell. Um, so th- they're discussing they're discussing stories and um, it's it's the whole movies in flashbacks. Basically, they tell about two or three really short stories. Yeah. And then it goes into the main story, the main plot of the movie, which is Danny Rose and Lou. I don't remember his last name. But uh, it was basically supposed to be Danny Rose's big break star that he, you know, it was, was a crooner wannabe guy popular from the 50s that he was given a second chance. And man, it's like they really they really paint such a great picture. It's all fictional. You know, it's completely fictional. But, you know, as someone born in the year 2000, like uh, with some of these smaller artists obviously lost on me. Um if you told me it was even based on a true story, it just seems so believable. A lot of yeah. it, it wasn't like out of the ordinary, despite how goofy and crazy the story was like, you know, I don't know if you feel the same way, but no, no. Yeah. I mean, it, it was like, it's cool too. Cause it was a completely about a scene that like doesn't exist anymore. Like based around like talent managers who I think their main thing was just the cat skills. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is crazy to think, but like, it, I, it was wild even watching it thinking that there was a time when like that was a whole industry was just these singers that just sang great American songbook songs for like yep. older couples at the Catskills and like thousands of people probably made their living off that. 
and the in, cr- you know different ways. The but. crazy thing about the Catskills too, to my knowledge, is it actually was originally those resorts. It's kind of like the people who went to them aged it out. Yeah. Because yeah. when those, I mean, when those clubs were were really popping, it was all young people. They yeah. would go up to the Catskills for the weekend, and they'd, you know, go and they'd see. I mean, full big band, in house big band shows. Yeah. And then as they got older, new clientele didn't really come in because they didn't get with the times, and eventually their audience died out. I mean, my sax teacher in high school growing up, when he was, you know, probably our age now, he actually originally didn't. He went to college for. Um, for like political science or something. And I, th- I think he might've even dropped out. He said, and went back to school cause he was making hand over fist in the cat really? skills. Yeah. yeah. Tons. He was in two big bands up there. Wow. He said that comedians would come in. There was this whole genre of comedy where these guys had big bands with, Oh them, yeah. And yeah. they, you know, they play like little dorky melodies, yeah, you know, yeah. in reaction to their jokes and, yeah, it's he, kind like, of like the late, like the Tonight Show stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just like that. But it's, they would have full big bands. Full big bands. They would like roast the end. I mean, it's just like, yeah, like Jimmy Fallon, like with the roots, yeah. like, you know, making jokes about Quest Love and all them, like making them part of the bit. It was just like that. But in the Catskills and people would come and watch it. And it was, man. Yeah, Seinfeld, Mel Brooks, they all started at the Catskills doing stand-up. I can't, it's, I can't, I wish, I don't know. Woody I wish Allen I lived too. in the Actually, time. that's where Woody Allen started was doing stand-up in the Catskills. Really? Yeah. Then, man, this movie's hilarious because um, the character Woody Allen plays, Danny Rose, that was his start. Yeah. That that they made the whole joke that his start was being stand-up comedy in the Catskills. Woody's stand-up was actually really funny. If you watch it. Is there, like, are there footage there's, of there's it? There's a couple of them. There's not that much of it, but there's like some from the early 60s. He's like killing. Wow. Yeah. But... This movie just really, I mean, there was so much to it, you know, even just cinematography. I love talking about just this sort of element of, man, I wonder if that little kid screaming outside. Is Woody Allen here? So, (laughs) sorry, I had to, I had to. Don't kill me. Don't kill me. He's innocent. Maybe. I don't know. I don't have enough horses in the race. But... (laughs) But yeah, no. It is funny that we were talking about this, how he, in every single movie, he has like a weirdly pedophilic moment. Yes. He can't get away from it. I mean, obviously the most, the, the, the common talked about one is in Manhattan. He's dating a 17 year old, but in this one, he's like talking to this 12 year old girl. And he's like, he's like, how old are you? She's like 12. He goes, are you married? Yeah. And he like winks at someone. It's like, ah, come on, Woody. Wonder if he was winking to someone off screen. Like my my grandmother used to tell the story that she said she was walking in the Upper East Side and, it was raining and she like looks up. She would always tell it. She'd be like, she was like, and I saw Woody Allen. I said, Woody Allen? And he goes, she said, he goes, yes. <laughs> My mom always said that she doubts it was actually Woody Allen. <laughs> but I think it was him. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's a great response. That's something I would do if yeah, someone yeah. was like, you know, <laughs> named a celebrity I'm not and be like, yeah. Crack a joke about it. I'm trying to think like what other parts of the movie really, really resonated with me. I mean, dude. I mean, it's pretty short because it's it's really just one story. It's, like it's one hour, story. Hour 20 minutes. And uh, the story doesn't even take the entire, I'd say the first 20-ish minutes were kind of just, you know, yeah. scene setting and stuff. Um, oh, two things. So firstly, um, Tina, the, I, I, I don't even know, I guess the main female love interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Lou, 
Uh, Lou has a wife, but he has this mistress, and the mistress is in on it that he has a wife, but he is becoming, you know, increasingly interested in this woman. And uh, this is a guy that's paying two alimonies, so, uh, you know, Danny Rose isn't all about having his, you know, his PR son, basically, be out there doing that. Um, She, in my opinion, was really unlikable. Oh, I don't, yeah. I don't, you know. Kind of reminded me of the, uh, the woman in Casino. Yes. You know. A hundred percent. Yeah. Cause she fucks the entire thing up for Danny Rose, not to spoil the movie so soon in the podcast, but yeah, watch this movie, please. Yeah. And it's just, it's fucked the, she, yeah, very unlikable. It almost disappoints me that they, that he gave her a second chance at the end and we don't know what happens at the end, but the fact that he, I mean, look, this guy lost everything because of this woman. He's having a very wholesome Thanksgiving, Mm. you know? With everyone in his life that matters to him. And this broad has to knock on the door and make it about her. Yeah, I'm not sure what to think of the ending. Because it's like... Yeah, it's a very sad ending. And then it's also maybe not. It's hopeful. And they fix it because when they go back to the table of the seven comedians, they say that you know he ended up becoming decently big. And got a menu item at the Carnegie Deli. Yeah. Um, you know, and he want you know, he, he must have been high enough regarded for that to happen. So it makes you feel a little better about the whole situation, you know, mm. even having just that sort of like, okay, it did end up working out for him and you don't feel too bad. But if it didn't have that at the end, that ending would be so dark, in my opinion, because that means that he made up with the woman that ruins, you know, like the kiss of death, basically. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he almost died for this opportunity he had with Lou, and this chick just straight up didn't stand up for him, and it ate her alive so much that she had to, you know, put it back on him. That she was so. Also, what was your opinion of the Angelina bit, the religious? Um, mm. What what would you even call that? Like a, I don't know, some sort like of psychic, yeah, guidance, yeah. I mean, I think it was supposed to all be about how, like, I think it's all about how, like, that this woman, Tina, is, like, the, um, like, a pretty, pretty awful human being. And then, mm. like, they always have, like, the, she has, like, this religious person that kind of makes her feel like. Yeah, she's in touch. she does, she can get away with because this, like, woman will give her, like, the, the, the way, you know. That's a good point, yeah. So. I don't know. And then it's like, it's funny that even in the end, like you said, she still like is on the good side of, of everyone. Yeah. So I'm not sure. Do you think she was meant like written to be hated? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Cause how could you not? I know. But even at the end, I don't know. Cause they kind of ended it in a way that I feel like maybe you were supposed to be like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But she was even flirting with him. That's the thing. I know. I you know. I hope that the end didn't exactly. We talked about this. The end didn't particularly insinuate that they would be in a romantic thing, but it could have happened because she was extremely flirty with him back at the the mansion. Yeah, you're right. So it's oh. tough, man. What are you giving it? A nine, straight up, straight nine, right, right in the dot. I'm thinking eight point eight. 
That's high for you. It is. I'm not sure if it's a nine, but I don't know, man. It really resonated with me. I really enjoyed it. Cause I don't know. It it painted a picture of a New York I wish I knew. Yeah. Um, while also being an extremely entertaining, you know, cause the uh, what was the movie we watched with um, last season? We with watched. The- uh, was that Dear Mr. Wonderful? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That painted a picture of a New York I wish I knew as well. Yeah. But um, it also just wasn't as good of a movie movie. Yeah. Like this movie uh-huh. I could watch again if, you know, watch again in a year or so and uh, enjoy, you know, enjoy it. I can't watch Dear Mr. Wonderful again. No. I don't think and enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean. Dude, it's funny. I was actually thinking the other day, because speaking of like great New York stories, the last, like in high school, I felt like I would always have these nights that you can't really have here. You can't really have anywhere, honestly, without a, like a really good public transit system. Because Mm -hmm. the reason I say that is because if you're like, if you're like doing something here or most places and you're driving, you can't get that drunk, first of all, right? Of course. And then if you're driving, there's that. And then there's also, you got to get the, you got to, so it's like, you're probably going to go there and then go back and go home mm-hmm. because you got the car. The car is like a, it's like a ball and chain, right? And then if you don't do that, that's okay. But then you got to pay for the Uber or whatever. So then you're double thinking everything. Like, yeah. Gosh, is it worth it? I got to, you know, but in New York, that doesn't exist. It's 275 and at night, it's so easy to hop to turnstile. So it's pretty much just like, you can do whatever you want for free. So like in high school, I would always have these nights where it's like, you know, what it would be like three o'clock on like a Friday and my friend would be like, oh, you, you want to go to the Nets game? I got an extra ticket tonight. So we go to the Nets game and then, you know, we go to a party after and then we wind up at like a diner and then I take the subway home at like 2 a.m. That's know? awesome. But actually the last time I had kind of a night like that was when we hung with uh, your cousin. Yeah. That was great because that was a similar thing. Like you hit me up like seven and you're like, come to Bryant park now. So I biked over and then we wound up back at their apartment, back at their apartment. And it's like, it's sad. Cause shit like that just can't happen. Most places mm. they really can't. No, you're right. You know what I mean? And it's like, I mean, that's why all these movies are so great that are like about New York because they really show how like things like this can happen. Like yeah. that story, you know, they and were running like, all over the place. Yeah. And it's like, it's funny that like, I think so much of the reason is just cause you can get everywhere so easily. Of course. And not only that, not only just the public transportation, but it's a walking city. Yeah. I mean, totally. you go to Miami, there's these weird little pockets like Brickell, like um, Wynwood, South Beach, these little pockets where you could walk around or even yeah. smaller pockets like Miracle Mile, like right over here um, on Geralda. But um, yeah, you have only these little pockets. So the most you could really like venture is like in this little box. And uh, so, yeah, like you could bar hop, as I say in quotes, because it's like you just go down the street and go to that place and then <laughs> yeah. turn around and go to no, another it, place across the street. Everything is so far like crazy far, honestly, like even more than LA. Mm. Like, think about it, man. Like everything is at, at minimum 15 to 20 minutes drive away. 
No, you're right. I mean, that's kind of wild to think about. So, yeah, man, it's like, yeah, man, watching that really made me miss New York. Oh, man. This is going to be, I think this is going to be my That was a good hang that night, man. Oh, dude, that was fun, man. Yeah, watching the football game. You got to see a taste of Long Island. It was great, because everyone's watching it except for us. Yeah, of course. (laughs) We're the only people that go to UM. And my mom was so hyped. Dude, I'll never forget that, man. Like, UM's down by, like, 14 with, like, two minutes left. Like, not a chance for winning the game. The dude, like, just throws, like, a Hail Mary, like, on, like, their own 10-yard line. Just gets it off. She just goes, ah! <laughs> yeah, my mom loved that. <laughs> like, <laughs> not even close to, to any any receiver. But it's it fun. Was, it was you know? so great, man. I loved how she really thought, like, man, UM could still win this game. Know, well, <laughs> Everyone else had given hopeful. up, and she was like, hopeful. she's like, no, 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 it's not over. <laughs> The clock's still running. You know, she told me at um, at Bay Thirteen. She was like, she was like, you know, I'm, I'm a, she's like, you know, I'm a moderate Democrat. I'm not one of these these crazy liberals like you. <laughs> she and said, I was like, like you. I was like, I don't. I guess I guess like on certain topics you can describe <laughs> me as that, but on others not at all. You're one of the least liberal guys I know. Yeah, I mean, like I guess that. economically, I, you could say I am. No, but. I'm. You know, but. But the, when it comes to the, like what people think of, yeah, not of course, I, it was so funny. People think the opposite that. of you, man. That is no, so I know. Funny. Yeah, it was oh, funny. that's good, <laughs> man. Now I, I wish we we weren't we didn't have all these plans tonight. I, I would say let's watch another Woody Allen movie, I know, man. man. I got into a Fuck big out. argument this summer when I was living with my dad. Annie Hall and Manhattan were just on this channel back to back, so we just watched it. And my dad was like, he was like, you know. I, you know, I get a little sick of Woody Allen. I just like was wow. so pissed, man. <laughs> and he was like, he was like, you know, he's got the whole thing, but you know, it gets old. And I was like, no, I disagree. <laughs> I really disagree. I thought it was great. We got a little album release party to go to. I, I like know. Like a VIP. Yeah. Right on campus. You think this is going to be fun? I, I don't know. I, I, you know, I think, I, I think I got too high hopes just cause like album release party. It sounds like. I'm imagining like, you know, ballroom. Open yeah. I bar. mean, this is outdoor <laughs> steak frites. This is, yeah. I mean, I, I it's going to be fine. I, it'll yeah. be fun. You think there's going to be any spread? Probably not. No, Fuck. it's a, it's, it's a coffee house. It's like right here. You could throw out some chips and salsa because you can't uh, do that with COVID. To be completely honest, I've never actually been to one of these sort of coffee house things because uniform crew plays on the day that they have it. Um, so it's a cool vibe, honestly, at the outdoor, it's, it's not kind of like ghetto-y, like not janky. Really. I, I mean, there's some places around here, man, that it's like, it just like, looks janky, it's not like fancy, but it's all right. It's like, it seems, it seems fun. I mean, people come out. I'm excited for this. I'm excited for this just cause it's something different. Yeah. And is. also I'm going to, you know what I did, have some bourbon you know, before she, we go. She didn't invite me. And then I DM'd her. I said, no invite. Yeah. And then and immediately then right me. on there. That's what you got to do, man. Sometimes in life you got to take it. Ask and you shall receive. Well, that's the thing, you know. Except for all the times that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Well, these days. <laughs> one of the worst sayings ever. It's just not true. <laughs> well, that's one of those things you only say when it's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know exactly. I mean? Yeah. That's one of those things that it happens and then jokingly you say <laughs> afterwards, ask and you shall receive. But you never say that like After beforehand. It didn't work. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, this movie put me in a good mood. I was yeah, in a good mood too. before. This movie kind of just like 
And even though it's a sad as fuck ending, I don't know, man. Mm. I'm excited to go back to New York, even Me though too. my New York's very different than your New York. But just the fact I'm close in proximity to something that romantic is kind of awesome. And something I am regretting how little time I spend there. I don't know. Because I don't really, you know, I got I got a cousin in Brooklyn. I now have my cousin, you know, in Manhattan. But, um, you know, she's busy. She she lives there now for a job that she, start, she started working at like a year and a half or two years ago or something like that. So she's always been busy. I, even though this, I guess that might be a longer time than just like completely new job. But I always, on my mind, I'm always like, oh, I don't want to bother her. She's working a new job. So I, hmm. unless I'm working in the city, which hasn't been since well before covid uh i have no reason to be there on my own especially so and plus dude you saw the li double r it's not cheap you know no not at all and uh it's actually technically you're not allowed to drive in manhattan until you're 21 from long island at least i don't know how it works if you get your license in the city really yeah so if i got pulled over for any reason under 21 i would get like a hella fine jeez so uh i never risked it and drove into the city, but now I'm 21. Wait, how would they even know where you're from? When they look up your address on your driver's license. Oh, wow. Yeah, isn't that fucked up, though? I didn't know that. I don't understand. I mean, I, I, and I, and I, guess, I, I guess in a way I do understand, because there are a few different rules that are pretty different from Long Island driving to Manhattan, other than just literally it's a completely different style of driving, but the right-on-red thing is huge on Long Island, and in this, yeah. Manhattan it's the opposite. That's what Woody Allen said. He said the only good thing about L.A. is you can go right on red. <laughs> That's actually kind of funny. You move out to Strong Island, baby. It's still New York, and you could turn right on You know red. Woody's quote about uh, jerking off? No. He goes, he goes, masturbating, you know, it's it's like having sex with someone you truly love. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good, man. Oh, Sex between two people. Is amazing, but sex between three is one of a kind. That's, that's something like that. I think I butchered it. That sounds good, man. <laughs> I don't know. Do you want to do anything? I mean, we got we got places to be, people to what see. Seven thirty. Yeah, I kind of want to eat. I know we're gonna pick up food, and I kind of want a little more drink. We could do it quick. Yeah. All right. By the way, I bought some Doge coin today. Oh, dude, we'll talk after yeah, this, man. <laughs> Probably what by do you the think, time. Good or bad idea, though. When did you buy it? Like today. What time? Uh, like two o'clock. Two o'clock. So what? You buy it like one fifteen? Like wait, what? How how much did you put in? Like eighty bucks. Okay, that's actually pretty good. It was like thirty five cents, I think. Yeah. A little, a little high, but I I think it, but it hasn't quite up. peaked yet. Oh, you think it's like close to peaking? Well, I, I think it seems like, I mean, th- this is a this is a uh, cryptocurrency that before this week and actually for its whole existence was like worth about fourteen cents or something. At one point, yeah. it was worth less than a cent. Yeah. Um, and then overnight, it like hopped up like in actually like a few hours. Yeah. And uh, same thing happened with GameStop. Now GameStop stabilized at a pretty high price right mm-hmm. now. Um, so I think it's going to drop a lot and then it's going to peak again. Oh, really? Um, but we'll see. I mean, I don't know much about cryptocurrency. I don't know much about stocks in general, but from what I've been, what I read about the whole GameStop thing, when that was trendy, 
And I, you know, I was invested in AMC at the time before that whole fucking craziness happened. Um, so I just started reading up a lot more on it after that. Um, and yeah, I don't know. We'll see. It, it was very interesting. Grant, of course, was at the gig last night. And he was freaking out about it, like audibly. And after the show, I'm like, Grant, what's going on, man? And he's like, look. It's like, this morning I, I had $26 in. I'm up to like, whatever. It's like 120 bucks or something like that. Yeah. It's like a huge amount. I remember. I think it's gone up to a dollar. Man, that's big. Since you since you put money in. That's it. All right, ladies and gents, we'll leave you here. Uh, stay safe, wear your mask, jerk off in a cup. Fa fa fooey. Fa